0: Your source for Big Ten Talk gets off tackle, Empire. Welcome back. After a week off due to technical difficulties, to the Off Tackle Empire podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Steve Braun, aka source
1: Yo, Andrew Kraszewski here. Let's get right into it. Got to discuss the most important conference championship game of the week, the MAC Championship, right here from Ford Field in our own Detroit.
0: Um, and with that, I will pour a win fight try brewster of the week, which is from Brooks Brewing in Shelby Township, Michigan, the Husky Stout, to salute the victors of the only conference championship game that ever mattered. That was at least at all worth watching because Ohio State
1: Northwestern was close on the scoreboard for a little while, but there was no way Northwestern was to win that game. Uh, Before we do get to that though, we did attend the MAC championship game, walked right up to the box office and bought tickets for $10. It was a really good game. We needed an ID
0: to buy the tickets though, by the way.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. We got guarded going into the MAC championship game. Because you know, if I'm a high school kid and I want to get my illegal drink on, that's
0: what I'm gonna do. Well, specifically, <laughs> this maction is not to be served for minors. This is not. This is only for the mature in constitution. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> and, yeah. Parental it, advisory, explicit content. And if I wanted to buy beer
1: underage, I would definitely want to go and spend twenty dollars for a two-hearted ale in Ford Field. <laughs> so, you know.
0: Hell of a game, as we predicted, uh, because for 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 two defensive teams there were a lot of really incredible catches
1: yeah it the and the point totals it's not like it was the Big 12 championship game or anything. I mean, it ended up 30-29, to 29, which...
0: Not that too far no, off. No, in them.
1: modern modern football, that's kind of what you expect from any competent offenses is to at least get a few touchdowns on the board. But
0: it was 29-10 to 10 at one point.
1: Yeah, and so then the last 20 points of the game scored by NIU in a furious second-half comeback. And, you know, you said this during the game, Thump, it really did look kind of like different mindsets of each team. Buffalo clearly shrank in front of the moment a little bit. NIU even though it had been a year or two uh, certainly you saw that there was some experience at least with the coaching staff on how to handle this type of stage.
0: Yeah it was it was weird because we said going in that this is nowhere near the NIU of years past and yet in the second half they come out slinging it and just (laughs) for for a brief moment there looked exactly like that offensive uh, you know that that hilarious to watch offense that we come to know and love
1: yeah well and it's it's also not the niu that we remember in the sense that they're actually they don't have to you know win a track meet with you anymore they're perfectly capable of turning the screws on a really good buffalo offense with a few guys that are going to play in the nfl uh and like we said deactivated that and for much of the second half really i think buffalo scored some points in the second half but it might have only been the one touchdown they were
0: moving the ball but not getting any farther uh, one of the most notable things to happen during the game was it, but in the intermission between the first and second quarter, the Mac commissioner challenged a uh, oh, ordinary yes. citizen to a place-kicking contest and, and proceeded to dunk on his and ass. And put the peon in his place. Yeah, the guy. I mean, the
1: guy did what most people do in the field goal-kicking things, which is just totally fuck it, I like it. <laughs> you would think that most fans at a football game, especially ones who volunteer their interest in being at a field goal-kicking contest, might have paid some attention to how you kick a football at some point in their lives. Most of them have never, and so it's pretty unusual for them to even get the ball off a tee. Usually it's just a thump and dribble dribble dribble, and it maybe makes it to the goal line. This guy got the ball in the air, but not very high, and certainly did not clear the crossbar. And then the Mac commissioner, wearing his pirate, his Mac pirate flag t-shirt, <laughs> steps up and just, boop, hits the chip shot right over the bar, no problem. And then just sort of, you know, like, are you not
0: entertained? Oh, no, I, I got a picture of him. He just, he drilled it right down the center. Yeah. Not that it was very far, but <laughs> I got a I picture get, of yeah. it in the air.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like an extra point distance or like a little further than that, but it, in any case. Let's see Delaney do that. Oh, yeah, if he doesn't break a head. I mean, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that um, our good old commissioner isn't playing a prolonged game a Weekend at Bernie's at this point. I mean, it's been a while since he made an epic pronouncement like, consider them rolled, and now here we are. <laughs> in a subservient role. How many times has the Big Ten missed the playoff in the last few years because we're not in the pocket of ESPN and vice versa? I mean,
0: fair enough. Anyway. We did see a mascot altercation as well. Yeah, mascot fights. Had There's a bro down. Well, it was more of a come-at-me-bro than anything. Um you know, like one, basically like one of those classic Jim Harbaugh in the Pac-12 type of, you what's know, your a deal, bunch bro. of chest yeah. bumping and just <laughs> you know, what, what, and you could just <laughs> see the word bubbles over each of them.
1: What's your deal, bro? And it what's looked, your deal? Was that related to or after the occasion when the NIU mascot tried to murk on one of the Buffalo cheerleaders?
0: I believe that was that was after,
1: and she like she she let him on a little bit. I mean, like she played along, and then she man. It was like closing time of the bar all over again.
0: Yeah, we. I don't know how much more we can talk about that without getting into problematic territory. Uh, we, of course, um, did have to pay tribute to our Big Ten West champions by spending some time sitting in front of the tarps that were covering up, the, the advertising tarps that were covering up the seats in the end zones. Yeah, and
1: we... Um, I mean, Mac does its tarp game correctly, first of all, because they've got their title, ga- they've got their title game sponsor on there. They have the Mac Conference emblem, and look... This game was slightly attended. I mean, even though NIU is not too terribly far, Buffalo is a bit further of a drive. Uh, Buffalo brought more fans, but still probably, what, six or 7,000 total, something like that, maybe a bit yeah. more.
0: Did see an EJ Manuel Bills jersey. Oh my goodness, the jerseys we saw. Uh, what else the was Frank there? The Frank Gore Dolphins jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah, the new Frank Gore jersey in the Mac Championship game. In the building where the Mac
0: Championship game was being played. Where the hell did Frank Gore play? Miami. Like you the U. The U, yeah. So what so absolutely no plausible relation is, to anything about this game.
1: I mean, the only thing I can assume is it's a fan of the Miami Redhawks making a Miami-to-Miami Miami connection being present for this game because they had looked into the future and realized they were about to be left out of a bowl despite going 6-6. Six and six. That's all I can conclude. I mean, it's a reasonable
0: conclusion. Um, so, anyway, yeah, we saw... Uh, oh, my favorite jersey that I saw was an honest-god-vintage Naaman Roosevelt jersey uh, celebrating the... Uh, Extremely prolific Buffalo receiver of 2009, their last run to the MAC title game. Which, of course, is a thing I know because I've been playing college fantasy football for a long time. Yeah, we uh, do degeneracy here, you know that. But. but yeah, you know, you got a line of prolific MAC receivers from uh, from Naaman Roosevelt to Freddie Barnes to, of course, you had uh, Corey Davis, of Western Michigan. Uh, Anthony Johnson was very prolific. Uh, whenever I didn't pick except him, except when you played him, yeah. So. Uh, he was good again in this game. He was part of the reason Buffalo built that lead. Um, what was
1: the first name of Tears, that receiver from Northern Illinois? Do you remember? I do not. He had a couple fantastic but, uh, grabs, too.
0: Yeah, but Tears played on all their fears, and uh, I don't remember what. So, oh, everybody. Wants, yeah, so now Northern Illinois rules, rules the world because uh, everybody wants to. Anyway, now that we're done with the matching uh, recap, all we can say is y- y- you got to come out next year. Everybody needs to go to this game once because it's it's kind of surreal. It's, it's kind of it yeah. always kind of feels like you snuck into the second part of a doubleheader.
1: Yes, like you don't have you you probably don't even necessarily need a ticket for it. Honestly, like um, it's it's everything that is great and terrible about college football all at once. It's you know it's first of all fantastic action on the field with I mean even last year. It was a blowout, but we saw a spirited attempt at a comeback by Akron, which who fired Terry Bowden today, by the way. Um, no more Bowdens. He is the last of the Bowden line, isn't he? I mean, I'm sure he's got kids that are out coaching somewhere, yeah. and some D2 team will take a chance on one, and then he'll win a couple conference titles and then get a position at Florida State, and on and on the circle of life goes. But um, <laughs> this is the first doggy throwdown we've had during recording for
0: a few weeks now. But r two. Hey, <laughs> there, is a, there is a series of dog zooms occurring, which I think they're probably just sick of us talking about Maxion, Oh, um, well, Archie loves which, mashing, though, right? Eh? Yeah, I don't know. The, the, other, the last yeah. thing I want to say was that Northern Illinois did, when they score, trot out an absolutely beautiful Siberian Husky uh, out into the end zone. It was an extremely good dogger, and uh, what, a, what a beautiful boy. Rest in peace, Original Diesel. Anyway, um,
1: so the Big Ten title game. It happened. Um, uh, you know, this—the aftermath of this game, of course, is the part that everyone talks about, not the game itself, which was, again, on paper, a compelling matchup for a little while. It, you never really got the sense that there was much of a threat of Northwestern winning this game. Uh, although, you know, the long touchdown by um, John Milton the fourth sure gave you the idea that, hey, you know, maybe if they break enough plays like that and a couple bounces go their way, this could end up being interesting. But well, I
0: mean, they got into a range in the third quarter, really late in the third quarter, really didn't think until the early fourth quarter where all it would have taken was one errant pick six by Haskins to give Northwestern the lead, but yeah. he was hell-bent on not making any mistakes. Northwestern wasn't really giving him anything deep, but it didn't particularly matter because he was perfectly happy to hit, uh, can't even call them checkdowns because they were like 15 yards. <laughs> yeah, and then that... That sound right there is exactly what the, the receivers did through the Northwestern secondary. That's Paris, that's Paris Campbell running the secondary right now. <laughs> My goodness. Hey! Stop it. Get, stop okay. uh, so I guess I guess R2 was just upset that we stopped talking about the Huskies.
1: Never talking about the Huskies, man. So. <laughs> so, I mean, consider that. Dwayne Haskins goes 34 for 41, a yard short of five bills. Those five touchdowns, and his odds for the Heisman dropped precipitously after this game. Like, he he was in third place on most of the betting odds before this game. But then afterwards, he he, he fell off a cliff. And it's like, well, because he didn't make the play, like, that's out of his control. He had a fantastic season. He played as well as he could have. Why... Would you punish him for? I mean, so that's I guess that's it's not really all that different from what the Heisman co- competition has always been. Now it's just the, the be- now it's about just the narrative now, now right? no, well, yeah, now it's just how the best can you be the
0: best player if you, in college football if you're, if you're not, not in? Yeah, and who's who's in?
1: in? So yes. <laughs>
0: that's all college football's about. <laughs> who's anymore. in,
1: and if you're not, who the hell are you anyway? Yes, yeah, so. Uh, yeah.
0: so it was That's why I, it was so amazing to see Lamar Jackson win when it when it was clear that Louisville wasn't going to be in the playoff. Well, he,
1: he was so f- clearly head and shoulders above everyone else in the field. There, I guess it is still possible to separate yourself like that. But if there's a quarterback or running back on a playoff team, forget it. They're going to be in the conversation if they're dominating their team's offense the way Murray and Tagovailoa are.
0: Well, and yeah, every year that Alabama rolls out a Death Star, you have to... You have to always search among their roster. Okay, so who's the Heisman candidate? Because it's not always immediately uh, apparent who that's going to yeah, be. Is, is it running back
1: replacement unit number twelve or running back replacement unit number thirteen? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's only really, it's only the last couple of years now, especially this year, that Alabama's actually had a competent enough passing game for it to make any sense for the quarterback to be in the in the conversation. I mean, you remember a few years ago didn't McCarron make the finalist ceremony yeah it? it's like what the hell are you doing here yeah' He's an actual good player out here like you're just the guy on the best team um, I think that, that might have been like after Trent Richardson was gone
0: right because I think he yeah, was one so. year. I think
1: he was a finalist one year too but he
0: was but th- I think that was after they gave it to Mark Ingram and they don't like to give it to people on the same team in consecutive years the last time it happened was USC under Pete Carroll uh, it cert all indications are that they're going to do it again.
1: Yeah, um, and that, that's probably fair because without Kyler Murray, what exactly is Oklahoma? I mean, you could argue you could you would have said that about Baker Mayfield last year, and so presumably the next guy is just as good and so forth. But the fact that he stepped into the shoes of a Heisman winner and played arguably better, I mean, there's statistically a lot of fair comparisons to make. But this year, it really felt like i mean, the defense took,
0: if anything, more of a step backwards from where it was even last oh, yeah. season. So. I try to keep my Oklahoma bias under wraps, but... You know, I did have to look at Oklahoma well, as... Well, they're the
1: people's champion. You can root for them now.
0: Oh, yeah. But, you know, every season, right, I of course, I spend all this time uh, assessing Illinois' chances. But I also just spent a little bit of time assessing Oklahoma because once it's December, who am I going to root for, right? Fair so right. I, I thought, well, this is clearly a rebuilding year. Like, I don't really know how good Kyler Murray's going to be. And, like, how could anybody, you know, I mean they lose Baker Mayfield. That's a big deal, right? And, and Westbrook, too. I mean, and D.D. Westbrook, yeah. And Kyler Murray has just blown him away. Like, it's unbelievable how much better he's played. I think he's I think he's the best college quarterback I've ever seen this one year. For one year anyway. I mean Mayfield was real good last year. I mean, that's not yeah. because there's the moment. For sure, much. but but Murray the thing is I always forget how good Murray is at running the ball because he's always looking to pass that when he takes off running, it's like, oh wow, wow yeah, you he's can also run, really right. fast. Well, I he,
1: the comparison that I had to him, and maybe stylistically this isn't that great, was to Marcus Mariota, oh, yeah. um, who I thought was probably the better. It, I wouldn't say giant football exactly because they're really not the same. I mean, Manziel was a lot more of an improv guy, but yeah, within the structure of the
0: system, Oklahoma runs, Murray fits it like a glove. So I mean, my comparison it, is uh, my comparison is like Donovan McNabb, Aaron Rodgers in that like. Just a guy that can run, but is always looking to but pass. But is mostly using right. his running to pass, yes. Exactly, and is always looking downfield even as he's scrambling. Or,
1: you know, Russell Wilson is, not, Russell Wilson, is a, probably the probably The big thing Kyle Murray
0: has is the he just never gets hit really hard. He never gets crunched. Right, yeah,
1: and that's like, people yes. said that about Wilson too. Like, oh man, but just wait till some NFL linebacker squares him up and blasts him. while well, he's like, what, happened. he's 77, seven, 8, 9 years, however long it's been into his career, and that has yet to happen, so.
0: Yeah. <sighs> So that was an interesting game because because for for the Big 12 title game, it was basically decided by a crushing safety yeah. that Oklahoma <laughs> scored on Texas to give them
1: the ball late. As we all anticipated, the Big 12 championship game, that was, what, 47-48 in the first play around?
0: Um, 48-45, yeah. Decided by Dicker the Kicker, who missed uh, yeah, an extra we... point that would have give the lead. We did, of course, all know
1: that that was how the game was gonna end up, was the one critical defensive play, so... So,
0: to circle back to the Big Ten title game, um, um,
1: sure. I mean, like I said, you know, Ohio State let Northwestern hang around until they didn't, and the thing that kind of interested me was Urban having a ball, driving again at the end of the game, then opting to take a knee instead of piling the score up as high as he could, and I think that was probably because he realized he hadn't they hadn't won by enough and that touchdown wasn't gonna make a difference. They, I think maybe he had it in his head. It had to be something like fifty-two to three or whatever if he was gonna jump Oklahoma given that they won and won pretty decisively, I would say, in their conference game. Uh, they won like, a
0: back and forth, but they were they, they were ahead
1: they were already ahead of Ohio State though. And yeah, I don't I mean So yeah, you know, if if you're a Buckeye fan right now, you're you're sitting there, oh,
0: you're damn it. what? Or you found the one toy we didn't put away. The Super Ew. There's a Subaru Boss track that uh, has been located by R two. So R 2s a UAW dog. If you don't buy big three toys, he's gonna he's gonna get the squeaker out of it. <laughs> he's gonna
1: sabotage. So oh, the
0: way that I interpreted that was, you know, really Northwestern did kind of do what they were trying to do, what they always do, which is when they are up against better teams, which is you know just keep them within striking distance. Yeah, and just hope that something dumb happens such that you can take the game away. And, so, and at that point, I think right. Uh, they finally had pulled away, and I think Urban Meyer just wanted to get out of there. I guess. I mean, like, maybe I'd, maybe I'd had a What, what else um, is there to do? You know, what else is there to do now?
1: <laughs> I suppose. And so, as I was mentioning before, r came in here with a foreign-made car toy. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, Contemplate the reality of an Ohio State fan now. Your team is going to the Rose Bowl. You won the conference championship. You only lost a single game all season. And if, I mean, Twitter is never an indication, right? I'm sure there are plenty of Ohio State fans who are able to soak in a quite good season and be happy with it, but you're sitting at number five. And four teams got to go to play for the big trophy, the one that everybody wants now, thanks to ESPN, because nothing else matters. And so you're sitting there gnashing your teeth when you had a season that the other 13 teams in the conference would have killed for. Even Penn State, even Michigan, uh, even Michigan State has been there kind of recently, there are several, Wisconsin, every, all There those are several teams.
0: programs for whom this Ohio State season would have been by, like the best in their history, bar none. Yeah,
1: the best in their history, and certainly the best in recent history. I mean, if you want to think about teams, again, like Michigan State, Minnesota, that had a lot of success a whole generation ago, Illinois. then yeah, this is the kind of season most teams wait 20, 30, 40
0: years for. And yet, it's just another season for Ohio State where they don't have a national title. I mean, it's really a lot like what, 2009, 2010 for Ohio State?
1: Yeah, that year they played against Oregon in the Rose the bowl, yeah. prior.
0: And it's like, God, shouldn't we have done better
1: with this incredible talent that we have? Um, so, you know, that being said, they've got to, we'll get into the bowl previews in a little bit. And then, of course, the other cloud hangover the whole thing is what happens with Urban Meyer going forward? Is his health situation tenable? Is it thing. Uh, <laughs> or is he just going to take this opportunity to ride off into uh, more time with his family before taking the Notre Dame job in three years?
0: Yeah, I really have no idea. Um, nor am I sure why exactly Ryan Day is like, oh man, you got to lock this down, this guy down now because he's gonna, he's gonna for sure lead some team to incomprehensible glory. Well, not that I'm saying that he's a bad candidate, but I just like, you know, he doesn't, the, he hasn't struck me as. This guy needs to be the next coach at Ohio State. Well, Urban's regarded as being a defensive guy, yes, so
1: probably does not take a whole lot of day-to-day direction in the offense. I mean, every head coach obviously gets their fingers on everything, but... Um, Especially Nick Saban. If you want to... I mean, what has carried Ohio State to the success that they've had this year? Dwayne Haskins in a passing game that takes advantage of the receivers they have. That presumably... That credit would go to Ryan Day. I mean, the reason they lost... The big reason, really, that they lost to Purdue was that their defense just completely melted down, which was the case for most of the season. I mean, if Urban Meyer stays, does he really keep Greg Chiano? After the, I mean, <laughs> finally now in these last two games, their defense actually showed up and played to the level it should be playing to. Although
0: still allowed by a wide margin, the longest running play for Northwestern from scrimmage. I mean, like no, like Northwestern doesn't break eighty-yard runs. Their mm-hmm. offense is not designed to do that. No, they had it, it
1: wasn't a run. It was a catch and run, but they oh. had an eighty-yard touchdown against them. At still, deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So it, it, you know, that being said. If you have your unfair wrong, then obviously there's not going to be anybody there to tackle the guy if you're anything else. So, um, yeah, that being said, a lot of questions for Ohio State in this offseason, despite the great success. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the bowl season. I mean, there's a lot of their receivers, which is the strength of their team, are going to be gone. Um, Dwayne Haskins is draft eligible. It's kind of a weak quarterback class. You would think he's probably gone. Um, there could be a very different looking team on the field of Columbus next year. Um, so that being said, looking around the other conference championship games, uh, the SEC championship game was good, but we're not giving them any more press than is necessary.
0: I do want to just say this. Uh, there are still some people there that think that Georgia should have gotten in the playoffs. Yeah, so fuck they could those play people. That's why we're not talking about that. Like, even if, even if there were any argument, uh, the final word is that Georgia lined up for, for a punt. Right, with, the, and if they punt here, they're gonna, they're at like the 50. They're going to pin Alabama deep and almost certainly go to overtime, at least. Alabama comes out in the 4 3, their base 4 3 defense, saying, Look, you shouldn't run a fake. <laughs> they run a fake anyway. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia, you Atlanta. do not understand the importance of yeah. punting to win the game, so no, you get nothing. I, you know what, they shouldn't have even gotten to a bowl. Because of that. They ran a fake like... I wouldn't have taken them because I'm a real Big Ten man. They ran a fake like into a double A gap blitz. (laughs) I I, I mean, I I, I just can't believe that they did that. It's just unbelievable that... uh, How many millions of dollars are paid to their coaching staff and none of them take a look at the fact that Bama comes out in a base defense (laughs) not even trying to field a kick. They came out in a base defense. Not only did they say... not, Not only did they know it was coming. They said, Georgia, we know... That it's coming. You shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you should. do it. Don't you do it? Uh, they would have been better off just running a play. Yeah.
1: So that's and that's all that we're gonna say about that. The, the one other game, one other conference championship game that we wanted to point out, or at least I did, was the uh, conference USA championship game. Middle Tennessee State twenty-five and the Fightin' Trogdoors twenty-seven. That's the UAB Blazers to the
0: Burninating the countryside, burning the titles the yeah. in
1: their thatched roof cottages. And the reason that that's a notable
0: victory for, again, those of you who are an FBS team but for Bill, many years. Bill Clark was basically planning this whole thing. He had guys in there during a year where they couldn't field a team, but he had guys who registered. He basically gathered absolutely every cast-off misfit <laughs> that he
1: possibly could. Yeah, honestly, they could have made a season of Last Chance U about what Bill Clark yeah, did at UAB. It was really
0: remarkable. I mean, and that's exactly like, can you think of a smarter approach than that? That's no, exactly that's, what I would
1: do. Yeah, that's exactly what and, you have to do.
0: And so, Not that I'm a particularly smart guy, but my point is The real moral
1: story here is why hasn't Rutgers hired
0: Bill Clark yet? If there's anything... I mean... I'll tell you who Rutgers needs to hire. is uh, uh, a coach that they want to hire... They would be hiring the only coach in the conference to actually win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Green Bay Packers got rid of Mike McCarthy yesterday. And if you want college game day to come to Illinois Rutgers... Get Mike McCarthy versus Lovey Smith. Make it happen, Gers. God, what if we have to listen to Dallas Clark, though? Ew. We're not Dallas Clark. What the
1: hell am I talking about? Jason Winton. Dallas Clark. What? He's not commentating. What word? You how know what? It's funny world? because I knew
0: what you were talking about. Do you spell toast? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jason
1: Witten. I'm just thinking about Iowa because I have the box score of this Iowa-Michigan State basketball game up, which, by the way, brings us to programming announcements. I am finally going to quit being a shitbird and actually finally write out the basketball podcast, which we will record this next weekend and look back on like the first six weeks of the season. <laughs> it's going to be like four hours. It's gonna uh, this, is, this is such a nightmare. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you it's, what. It's going to happen. I bought the microphone, so I'm financially invested now. Yeah, and uh, Brad
0: Underwood in Illinois removed any doubt that uh, I would be a substantial part of this thing by getting... Trucked mercilessly up and down the court for 40 uninterrupted minutes by Nebraska ball. Now, six years ago, this kind of thing would get you fired at Illinois.
1: Nebraska ball's ranked. That's not a, that's not the worst loss you could suffer. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, before we get too far off the rails here, were there any other conference title games or games this weekend period that caught your eye? Because again, we had probably more makeups this weekend than I remember there ever
0: being. Well, I think I do also want to mention UCF. I hope that they keep winning forever. Um, Man, it really sucks what happened to Mackenzie Milton and I think that the playoff committee absolutely held them to, held that against them. Not that I think they would have gotten in, but they definitely held Mackenzie Milton's injury, which is a horrible thing. Uh, against UCF
1: especially considering their backup especially in this game played really well and that's the it, well they got down 17 what it was 41 to
0: 24 yeah, Memphis and then they ran, just absolutely trucked them
1: Memphis ran wild it looked like they were going to roll up 70 points or so on given mean, the way the defense was playing in the first half but man UCF i mean their crowd was there they had this um i don't know how you would pronounce it because they you know they do ohana but they put 10 at the beginning which is Milton's number and, like, the band spelled it on the field, and they had a pad shell with Milton's jersey out there carrying I was like, oh, yeah, UCF's not losing this game. Even though, like, Daryl Henderson's running wild, like, I mean, take your pick of any great running back of the last 20 years. Uh, Memphis has a really creative running game, by the way. If you're on the lookout for, say, a new head coach in another few years, Michigan State, um, that would not be the worst option you could pick.
0: Mike Norvell has been a real interesting play caller for – Really, his entire career is a fairly young career, but um, he, he's done some pretty interesting things. He, of course, was uh, Justin Fuentes, right? Offensive coordinator. offensive yeah, coordinator. And he, was it
1: Jay Norvell that was at Arizona State? Uh, one of the flying Norvals. Yeah. I, 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 well, well he's, I mean, he's the only other Norvell I know of that's at that level, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's just the two of them. They can make it if they try. <laughs> um, so, uh, moving on to non-conference championship things. I mean, Iowa State... <laughs>
1: Congratulations. Because of the limited field of participants, you are the unanimous, the first ever, unanimous winner of Dick Trips in Review. In a victory, no less, because you manage a three-point win over Drake, an
0: in-state program that awards zero scholarships. Congratulations! This was a back-and-forth battle, and uh, frankly, Brock Purdy was absolutely outplayed by his counterpart.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of that going around. It weren't
0: Purdy. No. Uh...
1: It's you know the the funniest thing of all this, of course, is that presumably on the Iowa State internet there is now the line being bantied about that happens whenever Iowa State plays better against Iowa than Hawkeyes think should be reasonable, which is it oh, was
0: their Super Bowl.
1: They're, they're, all their players wanted to play for us. They got real up for this game. Of course, they played us close. They were they were way more motivated. They cared. Which, speaking of which, if you're Iowa State, why did you schedule this game? You're, they're what? They were 7-4 and four before this weekend, I think? 7 or 8 wins they already had? You don't need it. You're not doing the pathetic Virginia Tech-Florida State thing, scheduling the 12th game to get bowl eligible, which did not work for Florida State, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although, although Virginia Tech did pull it off. Um, but
0: yeah, if you... are
1: Iowa State, why did you play this game?
0: Um, that makes no sense to me. I would I would be so angry about this game even being scheduled. I'm I'm currently very angry about the fact that we that we like replaced a game on our schedule in 2020 with Illinois State. Because that's the kind of game that you're just like you can't win. You can't, yeah, but, yeah, you can't win scheduling a game. But anyway, uh, congratulations Iowa State.